0: Welcome to Behind the Mic with Audio File Magazine, where you can always have great suggestions for your next audiobook. I'm Michelle Cobb, publisher of Audiophile, and this week we are focused on our selection of 2020 Best Audiobooks. In our special episode today, we'll talk about our fiction audiobook picks, a fascinating array of choices, I must say, and we also have a special guest, winner of the 2020 Audio Award for Best Female Narration, Marin Ireland. I'll talk with Marin shortly, but to kick us off, here are Audiophile's 2020 selections for Best Audiobooks in fiction. The Pull of the Stars by Emma Donahue, read by Emma Lowe. Deacon King Kong by James McBride, read by Dominic Hoffman. The Vanishing Half by Brit Bennett, read by Shana Small. My Name is Lucy Barton, the dramatic production by Elizabeth Strout, adapted by Rona Monroe, and read by Laura Linney. Afterlife by Julia Alvarez, read by Alma Cuervo, and Leave the World Behind by Raman Alam, read by Marin Ireland, who is here with us today. Thanks for joining us, Marin. Thanks for having me. So I'm very curious. You come from a theater and film television background. How did you actually get into audiobooks?
1: Well, it was really always a dream of mine, honestly, because I love books. And when I was um, a kid, I was so shy. I still am pretty shy. And um I, I just read all the time. I didn't, I wasn't super social. I didn't do sports. I read all the time. And so before I started to get into theater, I thought maybe I'll be a writer or something because all I do is read books and books meant everything to me. And, um, I sort of ended up in theater because it was sort of part of my school. And once I started getting to play bigger parts, I got to disappear into another world exactly the way I did when I was reading, except then I was literally in the other world. And so I like to play parts in, you know, in my acting career for the same reason I like books, because I actually get to sort of disappear into another world. So I'm I'm really lucky because, honestly, I don't know how I would have figured out how to get into it other than Jeffrey Deaver asked for me somehow magically. He knew my work. I think he had seen me in something. Maybe it was Homeland. I'm not entirely sure. But Simon and Schuster contacted me through my agents and they were like, one of our authors requested Marin for this book in his series. Uh, And it was this book called XO. And it was a series where you needed a female narrator. And I'd never done it before. I had no idea what I was doing. I asked them like, you know, is there something I should try to do with voices or whatever? And they were like, everybody's different, whatever feels good. And so I was like, all right, I'll just do whatever I hear in my head. And it was bliss. I loved it so much. And I just kept telling them, please let me do any other books you can. <laughs> um So it was sort of, I it was just a lucky break, honestly. I think that he had seen me in who knows what, thank God that happened, but it was always a dream of mine. Fantastic. And do you record at home now, or do you still go into studios? I, you know, I only ever started recording at home during this pandemic time. I had other friends who did, and it always seemed like something, you know, way above my my pay grade to figure out. I'm not like a tech savvy person. And then I had a couple of um, outstanding uh, audiobook jobs when lockdown happened. I remember thinking okay, well, I don't want to give them up. So I guess I got to figure this out. <laughs> and I contacted some friends, some people I knew, um, you know, who had set up home studios recently, and some sound geeks I know, and, um, you know, had some long Zoom sessions, <laughs> feeling like a, a real doofus trying to figure stuff out. But so I've been recording at home, although, the, you know, some studios have opened up sort of safely, which is also yes. hilarious where Sometimes I go into a studio and the people there are only in my earphones, so I sort of feel like I'm recording with some ghosts. Uh, <laughs> I like it best when there's some people there with me because I, I really need the sort of, I need to be able to just give over to the book and not think about, you know, pressing the right buttons at the right time. That makes sense.
0: <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about Leave the World Behind. You know, what was the the book about?
1: Well, I'm luckily, I I read a little bit at an event that Ruman was at, so I know how a little bit to talk about it. Because part of what, as you know, is challenging about the book is there's very little you can say that isn't a spoiler in some way. So all I very can true. really say is a couple goes to a vacation home, and things go south. <laughs> Something happens in the world. I can say that, I guess. Something happens in the bigger world, and. Everything sort of takes a big turn. It's it's not what I would necessarily think of as like an apocalyptic book in that way. Without again trying to give things away, I will say that there is a lot about it that that remains a mystery. True. Um, recording it during the pandemic while I was like in my closet studio that I made because we couldn't leave our houses for a book that was written pre-pandemic was pretty startling, I have to say. When I was like, oh, wow, I can't wait to read this book. And then I was like, geez, Louise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will say, you know, without
0: giving too much away, there there is a family on vacation, Mm -hmm. and uh, they've rented a house, like kind of the Airbnb type thing, and the owners of the house actually come Mm -hmm. to the door. And it's very much about their relationship uh, and their interactions at the very basic level. But yes, there's there's things in the world that we don't know what's happening.
1: It's a lot right? about like crisis and how how we react to crisis based on the intersections of, you know, our privilege and our class and gender and all of those things sort of. I think that's what he was most interested in in exploring. And that is super fascinating and really Funny to me, and I think to hopefully to people who listen to it and read it, there's a great deal of of humor in the book. There's a section that I read for the fiction event that's just a, a long list of everything that the wife who's renting the vacation home, everything she buys at the grocery store on this one yeah. trip, and it is like spectacular. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things I've ever read. It's like funny and accurate, and you have an exact picture. Of who these people are and the world that they're they've created for themselves and their little bubble, and it's it's just a, it's kind of his his attention to detail is beautiful. Well, that's one of the
0: things I liked about the book was that you were really inside the head of multiple characters, um, but they came from very different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of challenge was it to represent those different perspectives?
1: You know what's interesting to me is that actually something like that when I'm reading. I mean, I so occasionally I'll, I'll plan some things out in advance about like vocally, but usually what I try to do is just listen to what, what I hear in my head when I'm looking at it, you know, privately and on my own quietly and the way I would I just as a reader because I kind of am trying mostly just to duplicate an experience of if you were reading the book on your own, what you might hear in your head. I'm trying not to put too much of my own you know, judgments or ideas onto anything, because I'm just trying to deliver you the book that Rahman wrote. So when they're characters that come from such different backgrounds, that's somewhat easier in my mind to sort of immediately enter into a different different, um, headspace. What's harder for me is when it's like six people who are all cops in Appalachia, (laughs) you know, and you're like, (laughs) "Uh, how do I make sure they're all unique enough that they don't get confusing to listen to? But this was actually something where I immediately saw them really clearly. And so I could hear them very clearly. And that was really exciting. It's it's definitely like for me, it's sort of like with my, the rest of my sort of acting work. It, I, I just rely on my intuition because I feel like that's the way it'll stay consistent is whatever my, the first image that came into my head of of a person or the first sound I hear when when I read it, when they're when they start speaking. Is, is sort of what I stick with. But when their lanes are so distinct, I, um, it's easier for me to be consistent with them. And this was a joy in that way, because I could just sort of like hop over into the other lane. That makes a lot of sense. I think we should actually hear a little
2: clip. Mm. The family trooped outside, loaded their things, and buckled their bodies. The GPS churned, unable to locate itself or them or the rest of the world. Without much thinking about it, Clay found the road to the highway, and the satellite recovered its hold on them, and they drove under its protective gaze. The highway turned into a bridge that seemed to lead to nothing, that led to the end of America itself. They wound into the empty parking lot, it was early, and paid $5 to a khaki-uniformed teen who seemed himself made of sand. Golden curls, freckles, browned skin, teeth like little shells. There was a tunnel from the lot to the shore that carried them past a park, flagpoles towering as redwoods, flags of many nations cracking in the ocean air. What's this? Archie, derisive even when he didn't mean to be.
0: As you mentioned, this this can be a challenge with this book not to give too much away, but it all sounds very normal at
1: this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today, Oh my Marie. goodness, thank you for having me. I love to this book. I actually feel like it helped me through this bizarro time that we're all living in. And that's the sort of kindest word for it, I suppose. But I hope that in some ways it it adds a different layer of language and perspective on on the world that we find ourselves in now. I'm, I'm so grateful to be asked to be part of this today and to read this book.
0: Well, congratulations on having it celebrated as one of our 2020 Best Fiction Audiobooks. Thank you. And we've been talking about Leave the World Behind by Rahman Alam with the very talented Marin Ireland in this special best of the year edition of Behind the Mic with Audiophile magazine. Support for our podcast comes from Oasis Audio publisher Frankenstein, a breathtaking full cast original audiobook performance of the stage adaptation by A.S. Peterson. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, stay tuned here all week for more chats with narrators about our best of the year list and check out our social media as we often post conversations and videos with audiobook narrators. The full list of our best audiobooks can be found at audiophilemagazine.com. I'm Michelle Cobb. Thanks for listening.